Hi, I'm Robin Miller. I'm the host of Miller Chat. This is my 23rd year of production. I am very happy to celebrate it today with Dr. Patience Hemingway. Dr. Patience Hemingway is an international best-selling author, award-winning public speaker, and a wellness competency mindset coach. Patience is the founder of Patience Serenity Grove International, LLC, where she specializes in personal breath work mastery trainings. As a result of stepping onto the campus online or live, leaders like you will transition from dealing with stress, anxiety, low self-esteem, hurried living and fear, to becoming happy on demand and perform at their peak. I like that. <laughs> Most importantly, her passion is to see women liberated from various obstacles life has thrown at them through community and support. Therefore, she founded the Anxiety Support Group for women where she has created the safe space where she was looking for once upon a time. Mm -hmm. She believes in a transformative power of women. You matter and your story matters. Her slogan is smile, breathe, and stretch. Dr. Hemingway um, will be talking about um, today on your work on anxiety and how it affects people and some tips, as well as on children. Yes. Well, welcome. So, Dr. Hemingway, why don't you tell the viewers a little bit about yourself? Hello, everyone. My name is Dr. Patience. I'm so happy. Thank you for having me here today. No problem. Thank you so much. So, um, about me, mm -hmm. I, as you have already read, I am a best-selling author of the book, Breathe With Me, A Guide to Finding Peace in the Storms of Life. So, I support women in the anxiety support group who come from different walks of life. It's a global group. So, we have women from all over the world, over almost 8,000 women who are daily sharing their concerns, their struggles, and then we go in there and support them in different ways. And I have a team of health. I have a wellness team that works with me in that part. I also travel across the globe. I just came back last month from Cameroon where I held a leadership. I was a speaker at a leadership conference, A3 leadership conference. I was there for a week. So, yeah, that's what we did. I'm looking forward to going to Canada for a wellness talk show also. So, yes, that's how I support and help individuals. But most importantly, I am glad that we're going to talk about children today. I'm a mom of two kids. And yes, anxiety doesn't just deal with adults. It starts from childhood. And today, we're going to see what we're going to do about that. Yes. Well, before we go there, can you just, I, I was reading your book and people wrote about uh, your story mm -hmm. in that, in your book. Did you want to share a little story about how you found the instrument? Yes. Because I know you mentioned that in your book. Yes. Oh, okay. So, um, you know, when, when life happens, right, you do not know what is happening. I do not know about everybody else, but when anxiety was hitting me, I couldn't even put a name on it that it was anxiety. So here I am, I graduated from Worcester State University in 2015, and I got a new job. I was very excited, right, as a trainer, a corporate trainer, so I was doing my job, excited to meet new people all the time, training, and life was going on. I wasn't 
paying attention to the stress and the fast pace and the pressure that I was feeling in the environment because I was just looking at the goal. Just do the mm-hmm. job, let's go, forget about anything, it's just part of the show. So my body started telling me, patience, we are shutting down. Mm-hmm. Listen to us. Wow. Robin, I did not listen. So it comes to a time I'll be in the lab and I will feel my chest, my rib cage literally mm-hmm. closing in on mm-hmm. me. I will feel like there was an elephant sitting in my chest, my sternum mm-hmm. area. And I would ask everyone, does anybody feel this? And of mm-hmm. course, nobody's feeling it. We're all different, right? So I'll text my manager and let him know how I'm feeling. And I'll leave for the ER. You must. I go there like twice a week during that time when it was happening. And I still couldn't put a name on it because when I go to triage, they hook me up, do every test, and I'm clean. Mm-hmm. I am all right. Interesting. So I kept going back to work and leaving in mm-hmm. and out like that. And if you are a business owner, you wouldn't want your key person to be going in and out of the no. ER every other time. You know? No, it could be quite expensive, too. It, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, at that time, it wasn't funny anyway. So I realized mm-hmm. that the ER wasn't a solution for me. Mm-hmm. So what else can I do to support myself? So I reached out to a community of women, okay? I'm a woman of color, so I was the only one in my office who was a woman of color, and nobody else was feeling what I was feeling, right? Right. I'm like, let me reach out to other people who look and sound like me so I can ask if this is just me, so I can seek the right help Mm -hmm. because the ER wasn't helping. And I reached out and they said, yes, this is what goes on, this is what happens. So I had somewhat of you are not alone, it is what happens, okay? Because there were external, Right. things are happening in the office that I don't want to go to in this moment right now. So they advised me on what to do, and the killer was that, oh, this is a prescription list of what we take to help us to keep going so that we we overcome what is happening. And because I had my master's in biotechnology and new drug discovery, there was a course I took in school oh. called New Drug Discovery. And Robin, we literally... Through the class, we sell the idea of, a, of illness to the market before we produce the, the drug, right? right? So that there is a market for it. Mm-hmm. So I knew what the drugs are about and all the drugs that my friends were showing me, I have studied about it and what they can do long term. So I'm right. like, thank you for sharing, but I don't think that's the path I want to go on. So now ER is not working. The list they provided me is not, not something that I wanted to choose for myself. Mm-hmm. And I always remind people in the anxiety support group that your path is not my path. There are others who need the drugs to go on their day-to-day. It right. wasn't the path for me. So I'm not trying to say do not take medication mm-hmm. or do not believe as the scientists or whatever we do know. We are here to help somebody for a short time. Okay. So I decided to ask myself, what else can I do? So one day it happened again while I was in the office. So I left the office this time, not to the ER. I drove past my office and went to a place, a neutral ground. I was crying. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I, I, was, I was feeling the same pains again and there was no solution. Right. What can I do? And I heard a voice tell me, exhale. Robin, I was so mad. I'm like, exhale? <laughs> not at this time. <laughs> With all the pressure on me, I was mm-hmm. crying and talking. I'm like, no, I'm not exhaling. Don't tell me that. And then I heard the voice again, exhale, just mm-hmm. do it. Okay. So I released, okay? And then I started feeling that little relief. And the voice said, do it again, exhale again. So I took in a deep breath 
and exhaled again. So I did it for a few minutes. And Robin, the truth, I felt a release. Mm -hmm. The chest that was closing on me that had kept me going to the ER was opening just by the simple exercise of breathing. Mm -hmm. I felt relieved. I went back to work, finished my day, and I kept doing it every day. Then I sat down, and I didn't want to be selfish because I knew a group of women who just told me they feel these same things, right, right. and they have a backup on changing jobs or taking medication. So I'm like, let me do more research from what I just heard in my mm -hmm. car and put learn more about it and put it together. So that is how come this book was birthed. Out of my trials, out of my health challenge, which was nearly costing me my job and seeping mm -hmm. back home into family relations because, you mm -hmm. know, when you carry stress from work, oh, nice. you will take it home. You will take it to the streets. Road rage, mm -hmm. people who didn't do anything to you. Of course. They feel, yeah. So that's a summary of how this work came about. Well, I think, so that was your inner strength. Yes. Right? Yes. As they say, go inner and Go listen. in, yes. And that's how you develop trainings and workshops. Can you describe some of the trainings and workshops you have, I mean, you don't have to do them, but some yes. of the trainings and workshops you have developed. Thank you so much. So I, I'm highly sought after, so I go to seminars and conferences and I help people to realize that that nose that is in front of you is not to get into people's businesses, <laughs> but I honestly, like <laughs> it is for you to inhale, breathe in, and then I take them through the science of mm -hmm. how the nose is made the design of the nose from the cilia, the hair-like hair structures in the nostrils that traps the pathogens from even getting in, mm -hmm. and how the crevices and the shape of the nose is made to even warm up the air right. before it gets into our lungs. And I explain to them how the lungs is and how what is going on in there. And mm. then, because we're not just an island, it's not just about the nose and the respiratory system, but everything affects another part of the body. I explained to them how when you're having anxiety, it releases adrenaline and cortisol from your kidney, the mm -hmm. adrenal gland on the kidney, it will release it into the bloodstream. Now your 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 blood your blood is pumping faster into the heart. Right. Overworking the heart leads to heart issues mm -hmm. sometimes and then it will be affecting everything else in mm -hmm. your your limbs, every part of you. So I give them a whole picture of what is happening. Mm -hmm. And of course, tools to use, practical tools, easy tools to use that you can actually implement and, f and be free. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's free. Like you said, it's free. Yeah. It doesn't cost anything to breathe. No, but you have to do it the right way because yeah. there is a statistic that 90% of the population is breathing incorrectly. I read that somewhere. You're absolutely correct. Yes, incorrectly. So we are breathing, yes. But are you breathing optimally and fully to actually heal you? Mm -hmm. That's the question. So that is why people come to me and I point and like, wow, mm -hmm. yes. The power was in your hands all this while. Well, as you're in, so you're an educator, not a mental health provider. You're yes. an educator. Yes. Highly educated. educated on this. Guys. Yes. So people are going to listen to you yes. because you lived your story. Yes. So you you have lived experience, lived experience, which people yeah. like to hear about. Mm -hmm. All right, well let's um, let's shift gears a little bit. Yes, um, let's talk about how the issue of anxiety affects children and teens. Uh, a few weeks ago, I, on a, a Facebook uh, page we belong to, I, I put a video called "Chasing Childhood," mm -hmm. and it was by Beyond the uh, Race to Nowhere, and uh, it showed how children from all walks of life, um, from wealthy to middle class to working class, how uh, they, um, 
they had anxiety. Yeah. All types of anxiety from addictions to obesity. And it was just showing how when kids used to play in the old days, because as I tell my son, go out and play. Right. He's like, where do you see kids today playing? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe at the 7-Eleven buying food. Yeah. You do see them out there buying food, mm-hmm. right? But the problem is there's an absence of play now, as well as adult supervision. So let's talk about um, the kids, the kids today, why they're so, I mean, yes, anxiety is one of the number one problems for children and teens in the United States. Mm -hmm. I can't say for other countries, maybe you know more than that. So what's your your, uh, take on that? I first of all want to say thank you so much for sharing that resource mm-hmm. because I watched it and I was glued to it. I was watching like, oh my goodness, this everybody needs to watch this mm-hmm. and just see yourself and the role that we play in the children's lives. The part that tugged on my heart the most was when the interviewer asked them, raise up your hand if you get to play when you go home. And none of them mm-hmm. raised their hands. Mm-hmm. It, it broke me. Mm-hmm. And as a parent, you know, our intention is not to let you, not let allow you to play. There's like a structure. There's a whole load of homework plus extracurricular activity. The mm-hmm. other child who said, "I go to ballet, I go to this." So mm-hmm. every play is even structured. So mm-hmm. it takes the fun out of it. So that was really good. So c- back, coming back to your question on what, what is my take on that is that we should allow the kids. For me, this is what I'm going to say. What I work with my child because she is an athlete, and right after school there is class to go to, mm-hmm. all right? So this is what we came up with. We came up with a plan that she drafts what she wants to do after school so that there was a time limit mm-hmm. and she owns it and take responsibility. So she she tells us, she gets off the bus at 3.45. So she will play from, she go inside, she eats. She has on her timetable, her chat, that from four o'clock to 5.30, she's playing. We have a playground, and she's younger. Like you mm-hmm. said, teenagers, they're on a different level. Yeah, she's young, so she's able to go 